Hello, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast that we humorously entitle, What's That Smell You Thinking Again? Now, you're probably wondering why David didn't say that. Um, Unfortunately, he is out in Seattle right now, so it is just me holding down the fort. But I decided to bring along a classic guest, uh, our good friend, Michael. Thanks for being here, Michael. Hello, hello, hello. A pleasure to be here. That's right. I feel like, I don't know how many times he brought you on. I feel like at uh, at least uh, twice, but I feel like, I know for sure the first time I brought you on. I believe it has been twice. The first time was the anime episode, which is our fourth episode ever, which is pretty awesome. Um, and now we have done far more. I believe we've pushed... Did we do an Overwatch episode? I think we did is a, that the other episode I was, a, game, I was on? a gaming type episode that was later on, I believe. Um, Maybe so. Like multiplayer gaming, I believe. We did talk about like, oh, battle, I think it was uh, battle royales and stuff. Battle royales, yes. Yeah, but the the for the anime one was the fourth episode we ever did. So you've been with us since the start. So naturally, when David was gonna miss an episode, I had to I had to bring somebody on uh, to you know join the call. And who else but a classic OG guest? You know. That's the um, very much upgraded version of David. <laughs> My voice is slightly sexier. All right, let's let's pray David does not hear that, or he's gonna he's gonna like <laughs> just start rising up a protest group. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing to see. Absolutely. But how you doing, man? How's it been? I'm not too bad. You know, pretty rainy day today, but you know, it's gonna be better tomorrow. Let's hope. Right. I'm so glad that you caught on the fact that we talk about the weather before the episode begins. It's like you, you're studied up and ready to go. We always do this. Um, oh, I did remember that distinctly from all the episodes I've watched in the past. We do still do that on occasion. We talk, we discuss the weather. So yes, you was a good, good bringing up the rain. And since we are in the same area, it is also rainy here. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how it's doing in Wisconsin, but I imagine it's also rainy. Um, so uh, yeah. The Midwest and its weather swings. <laughs> Absolutely. It's that time of the year, I suppose. Although, I guess it's all the time that it does this, but, oh well, that's just the life we live in the Midwest. But, uh, to, to segue into a little bit of the topics, so, uh, as is very relevant with the releasing of this episode, uh, just recently, Indiana Jones 5 and the Dial of Destiny dropped in theaters, which is supposedly, and I don't know how it couldn't be, the concluding Indiana Jones film, so... In preparation for that, me and Michael, completely uh, separate from the podcast, we weren't planning to do an episode on it, decided to watch all four Indiana Jones in the lead up to Dial of Destiny and then watched it. So uh, we, we went through all the Indiana Jones films. We decided, you know what, I, I think it's good to kind of sit down and talk about them a little bit because it's definitely a very interesting series. I wouldn't say that it's... I wouldn't say each uh, each rendition is is too similar to one another. I feel like each one kind of stands on its own pretty well. So it's definitely one that I feel is worth discussing, talking a little bit about what we enjoyed about them, and I guess a little bit more broadly, like what drew people to this series? Like now that we've seen it, like what do we feel like makes Indiana Jones stand out, you know? Like why is he such a prominent character, and why did he get a sequel, you know, all these years later? Why is he still relevant and worth, you know, keeping around? So I feel like it's definitely a good, a good series to kind of dive into, and I feel like uh, Michael is kind of a premier opinions guy. He's definitely a very wise guy. I could definitely uh, bounce some bounce some uh, influential topics off him. So uh, I'm excited to discuss um, the series as a whole. So you ready to go? Right, I'll take that as a compliment. I am very ready to go. 
Absolutely. I expect nothing but intellectual comments from you, Michael. We better start discussing the psychological condition by the end of this episode. <laughs> oh, I'll try not to drop a wiener schnitzel or two. <laughs> we'll go off to a great start. So, uh, I think what we should do is dive into these, if you're okay with this, dive into each individual film. Start from the first one, go, uh, go through them all sequentially. And then afterwards, okay. talk about them as a collective and what your what our overall experience was. Uh, you feel is that you think that's a solid start, the solid run? I think that that sounds good to me. You want to throw in like a ranking at the end, absolutely. just off the top of the heads. Yeah, Don't have absolutely. to be too in depth. Definitely, if we have to do a ranking, because David hates those, so we like <laughs> take advantage of it while he's gone. <laughs> Got to be able to rank something. Um. Which absolutely rankings half the fun. Exactly, David's just like, no, I don't like ranking them. But I'm like, you know, all the all the listeners want the ranking. I just know it. Like they're all foaming at the mouth. Like when he's gonna rank something, when he's gonna rank something, and he never does. Ah. <laughs> uh... So let us dive into Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was the original Indiana Jones film. It actually wasn't called Indiana Jones. It was just called Raiders of the Lost Ark's Lost Ark. Um, so this was like real OG. This was before you even knew he was gonna be a franchise character. So definitely very. Exciting. I had no clue. I did not realize that at all when we watched it. Did <laughs> did they change the title after, or is, does it actually just say Raiders uh, of the so Lost Ark? It, as far as I can tell, it should still say Raiders. Um, some like if it's a collection, sometimes they might say Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it doesn't really make sense to say that because Indiana Jones is a Raider of the Lost Ark. So you don't really need to say Indiana Jones and, so, um, like it, 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 yes, um, you can you can say both, but it's pretty much just Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, that's oh, what it, that is new information to me. <laughs> like learning something new every day. Um, so I guess we could start it off. What did you think of the film? Was it um when we watched it? Was it your first time watching it too? I wanted to ask that as well. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. So like. To anyone listening, I had never seen any of the Indiana Jones movies within like my like recent remembering history. You know, when you're like five year olds, it doesn't really count. Right. But uh, so first viewing of Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was it was corny, like I expected a movie from the '80s to be. But it wasn't so corny to where it was like unbearable. Right? Like I thought the overall story was pretty good. It pretty much hops right into the action. Like you don't get much back backstory for Indiana Jones. It's right. just like. Oh, this is just this uh, archaeological professor dude who's just like basically the coolest guy you can imagine, and he's going to find buried treasure just because he can. Right. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I do love I do love how blunt this movie is. Like, it's definitely not one of those movies that like you need to set up a lot of. There's not a lot of time set up anything. It's literally just like here's the Ark of the Covenant. The Nazis want it. Let's get it before the Nazis do. Like, it's such a oh, simple setup. Yes, the most important thing is the Nazis. Right, which will become a recurring thing here. Nazis are the are, uh, are a recurring bad guy. They're like the, they're the, they're the Loki of the uh, Indiana Jones universe, which is, you know, kind of a funny thing to say. <laughs> but, yes. Um, All right, what opinions do you got on the movie? You know, it's, it's a great, it's a classic, man. Um, I feel like it's one of those films that, uh, is so easy to watch that like you can watch it for at, at any time for like really any reason it's a very like digestible really enjoyable kind of popcorn flick kind of thing and it, it's i really dig it and i i like it as kind of especially looking through all the movies i feel like it's the best blend of like being kind of corny and silly whilst also being kind of serious and grounded like i feel like um one of the like some indiana jones films kind of flip-flop where it's like a little too much in one direction or the other but I feel like this one kind of does, it runs the line well. Like, you've got, like, 
some more of those intense, more intense action scenes, and it, it doesn't, like, always throw corn in your face. But at the same time, like, there are still some hammy performances and some sillier moments that, like, they, they, they balance it out really, really well, which is always kind of a, a feat with some of these kinds of films. So I always like that. Um, yeah, I love how I just love how cool they portray like the main character Anna Jones to be right. like he's basically like is do the snakes come up in this movie? Yeah, the snakes. I believe were, they yeah. do, right? Yes, it was. It was when the yeah, so it's like, with her at the end. They fell into the the thing. The oh the, right, the, the snakes the bottom of the pit. Yeah, yeah. So it's like everything he goes through is just like he's all nonchalant, like walking through scorpions, gunfire, his life's in danger. And it's just like he's the ultimate Chad of like movies at that point. It's just like what you what you would think like the stereotypical action star is like the guy running, walking away from this explosion slowly while his like favorite soundtrack plays in the background. Exactly, exactly. And like they're they're so confident about it too. Like you just you hear that music, and suddenly you're like, oh man, he's like this is the cool guy. He's here. They don't even worry about like you don't even really get much of like emotional like turmoil with him like you get a little bit with marion where he like he cares about her and she's put into danger so he kind of has to go out of his way to help but at the same time like it, it's not one of those movies that i feel like pushes his character too far which you think would be a bad thing but it's kind of not like i i'm totally okay with the way they portrayed him here as just being this kind of stark cool guy who cares about history so much that he's just willing to do anything to, to preserve it um because <laughs> it belongs in the museum exactly it's <laughs> iconic catchphrase that belongs in the museum it is definitely a classic, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he just, he's just a very, very cool, calm and collected character, and of course, a lot of that has to be given to Harrison Ford, who, of course, gives him an awesome performance. Harrison Ford's the kind of guy who, like, I'm not convinced likes acting, but he doesn't know how to do anything else, so he, like, does acting, but there are some films that I feel like his, uh, you can kind of see him having the best, the time of his life. Stuff like Indiana Jones, a couple of his other, uh, a couple other films of his where he shines through. You can tell he loves Indiana Jones as a character and he loves playing him. So like, there's certain scenes here where you get like, you get his a bit of his a bit more spark of his personality. Um, I always think about that scene when uh, he gets jumped by those those goons in the plaza, and the one dude's like spinning the sword, going all crazy, and Indiana Jones just shoots him, like. Oh yes, the old American a, style. Absolutely, and it's such a great scene too because it just it tells you everything you need to know about Indy, like. He's one of those guys who, like, he wants to get the job done. He has, He's kind of like a no BS kind of guy. Um, he's very upfront about that. And I always kind of love that. And you could tell Indy, or you could tell Harrison Ford loves playing him. Um, yeah, what do you think about him? About Harrison Ford? I think Harrison Ford did a great job. You know, I want to bring back up, because you said it was originally supposed to be, like, a one-off type of movie. Yeah. And now knowing that, that actually makes a lot of sense while you don't really get much of his backstory in there, because if... If they had thrown in backstory, you know, the runtime would have been way longer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like, you know, the way he portrayed his character kind of made it seem like he didn't have to show as much much depth. Mm-hmm. Like, it's everything's kind of implied by the way Harrison Ford, like, performs. He's just like, he's just a cool guy. This is all you need to know. It's not really until, like, the later on movies that you get more into, like, what the character is actually supposed to care about. 100%, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think... that's just a really i love that kind of filmmaking too i love when you can tell a story and you're not necessarily concerned about explaining every single little detail but just giving you enough details to understand the story and letting you as the viewer kind of learn more because like you said like 
how Harrison Ford's personality uh, helps build his character and you get bits you don't really get a lot of his backstory but like you get that from his performance like you know he's a very he cares very much about history you know that he's very skilled I think they implied he was in the he went to he was a soldier I think they implied that in this one but even if they don't like you can definitely get from the way that he handles himself and the way that he handles uh, weapons that he's very skilled in that way and that kind of uh, that kind of stuff so like you get a lot just from the way he acts and I love that like that's awesome um, I love that kind of char- uh, character building. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was a great movie overall. Like, if I were to rank it like one to ten, like you know, not compared to the other movies, just or sorry, one to five, because you know, stars make more sense. Exactly, exactly. I believe I gave it a four or four and a half one letter box. Nice. But don't quote me on that. So like, it's it's definitely one of the better movies I've seen, because like you also got to put it into the context of like the time period, right? Right. Like it's, I would find that hard to compare a movie like that, where with its budget and how like the climate of the world was back then, to like what's what's a big movie that just came out recently? Indiana Jones Five. Can't really think of one. <laughs> I mean, well, that yeah, that's that's a good point right there. But uh, non Indiana Jones, off the top of my head, <laughs> let's just flash. say Spider Verse, right? So Spider. You're sitting there being like, wow, because... uh, indie, indie one, Raiders of the Lost Art looks like a, looks like a masterpiece <laughs> in terms of visuals. I'm telling you, because small flash rant, I think the movie's okay, but Ezra Miller is a horrible Barry Allen. <laughs> All right, that, that, that's yeah. that's what i'll say about that but yeah compared to spider-verse spider-verse has like all these nuances you know colors animations amazing all these things that they didn't have back in the 80s when they made you know uh the first thing <laughs> they did so it's I like when that. you take it doesn't have they didn't have colors in the 80s color tv just got invented a couple of months ago so like <laughs> yeah. you know exactly. it was a brand new thing they're like oh my god we could film in color now exactly it was, someone believe, turned the lights on i believe indiana jones one was the first color film ever made <laughs> yeah you know back before then you know they had a, a little painter in the background trying to paint over it that's why they give <laughs> the illusion of color in uh exactly. earlier films there's there's like a small collection of adults who would hear this that are like breaking their phones listening to this like like how dare us young whippersnappers the whippersnappers is exactly the word i was thinking of but i think we spent too much time together <laughs> nice I'm, I'm glad we were in sync there oh just like a bad boy band in the 2000s right that'll piss somebody off <laughs> No, I, I agree with you, though. Like, definitely, like, um, well, although I will say that, like, one thing that we benefits from a lot, um, I, it wasn't, you know, visual effects and CGI weren't, CGI specifically was not as huge at this point. This was in 81, I think. Like, that it was nowhere near being a, a commonplace thing. Um, you did a lot of movies that do it, like, obviously, uh, Empire Strikes Back came out, I believe, that same year. But, um, mm-hmm. or actually the year before. But, um, that, that there are definitely visuals, visual heavy story uh, movies, but I, I like this one a lot because a lot of the visuals in this movie are one hundred percent practical. Like they built those sets. They a lot of the uh, a lot of the action scenes were done one hundred percent with like you know actual actors and actual sets, actual planes, actual tanks. So it does add quite a lot to the uh, to the the authenticness of it, you know, because like you could play more with visuals and CGI, and it would have added something, sure. But um, you don't have to worry about the you know losing its losing its uh, edge because of time kind of thing. You get a mm-hmm. lot more genuine. Like they built this, you know, it has a lot more a lot of heart put into it. 
even like that final climactic scene which i guess i won't spoil for those you know who haven't seen it but like when you see the uh when you see that really big you know visual moment at the very end a lot of that is done practically too there's not even a ton of cgi well, I there. Mean, the movie has been out for 40 years do you feel like it would be okay to spoil it yeah you'd think it would uh yeah but like when they open the arc like you like the way they all react how like all their skin melts off like it's all legit that's all practical effects like yes cgi would have uh definitely enhanced it um i mean the ghosts and stuff were cgi so there's that but like the actual heads exploding and stuff like that that was all practical and that does add in my opinion a little bit of authenticness to it you don't have to worry about it be look about it looking dated because it was made practically like they they physically built all this stuff no, I think even that CGI part, like, it's not more than, like, what, five minutes of the movie? Right. Like, when you pay attention to it. Like, one of the things that uh, you said that, like, they were actually in the locations. Like, one thing that I noticed, which I thought was kind of cool, though it's, it's not really significant, is that, like, you could see flies just, yes. like, flying around in, like, almost every scene. And, like, the actors would have, like, no reaction to them. Which, like, I could never do as an actor. But, like, I thought it was cool that, like... You know, like, you can actually see they're, they're outside, like, in the desert or, like, mm -hmm. whatever type of place they decide to set, set up in. Absolutely. Not just, like, you know, Studio B. Exactly, dude. I love that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, yes, uh, flies part is definitely, like, that's a totally an old-timey uh, Hollywood thing. The amount of times you'd see uh, older films have these flies invade the set. <laughs> it always happens. But, yes, uh, I do 100% agree with that. It adds a lot of authenticness to it, especially because it's an archaeology movie, and, you know, technically. So it's like it's all about history and all that. So like having the flies there really adds that level of like you know age. You know, it feels like it feels dirty. It feels like you're in the in the uh, the thick of it. You know. Mm hmm. I always love that. Um, any final thoughts on Raiders? Uh no, I think I got it all out. No worries. So, moving forward in time, uh, we went to the second film, which was Temple of Doom. Uh, this was also this was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, so finally got the the title there. Um, some other quick fun facts about it: this one was a prequel. This was it was weird. The, the first sequel to Indiana Jones was actually a prequel that was before Raiders, so kind of a strange choice. And then another random fun fact: I, I've told you this before, but I do want to reiterate: this movie is the reason PG thirteen exists. It did not exist when this movie came out, and then uh, when this week dropped, uh, P, uh, the audiences complained about it being a little too dark. For a PG rating, so the uh, eventually it was around two months, I believe, after the movie was released, the uh, ratings—I forget the rating organization's name—but they dropped PG thirteen, and that is this movie is the reason that exists. So, uh, Michael, uh, what do you, what do you think about that information? What do you think of the movie? All right, well, okay, forgive me if I if I if I misspeak on the wrong movie. I do kind of have a couple of them jumbled in my head, sure. but so. Full disclosure, I did fall asleep for a little bit during this movie. <laughs> so, so, so I might miss a few things. Just but keep, like this was overall, that one where they went to India. You just gotta remember that. It's India, that yes, and, and this the movie's banned in India, isn't it? Yes, it got banned in India because of its portrayal of India. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll start off with uh the the female lead in this movie, right? <laughs> so we're watching this movie uh. Connor didn't really appreciate her antics, which I I actually kind of pretty much agree for the most part because uh, she was she was very obviously just like you know we need to put a girl in the movie like kind of like how like the bond how there's a bond girl in every movie that's right. how I like to think about it absolutely so like she was uh, she was pretty shallow you know 
really, she made everything more difficult for Indy. So, like, <laughs> a plot device to make him have something to overcome when really he'd have done things so much easier. But, uh, overall, I think the movie was solid. It's, spoiler for the ranking, I think it's probably my least favorite movie. And it may partially because I fell asleep during it, but that's not really important to that. Um, So, there was, this movie had, like, the most, like, all, like, things went, in every movie, I think, things kind of go left, in a sense, is that they kind of lose some, like, the realistic aspects, like, in our Rage of Lost Ark, you know, it's kind of like, you know, just normal archaeological, archaeological things, and, like, the Ark of the Covenant is something that, like, we know for a fact actually existed, like, that can be proven a million different ways, but then at the end of it, they open it, and then, like, ghosts come out, and things like that, so, like, that kind of goes left in that direction and so this one it kind of does that like way earlier like a guy gets his heart just like pulled out in the middle of the movie versus like Raiders of the Lost Ark it happened at the end of the movie and so like it kind of came as a surprise to me like it was just like as you said before it was it's a darker movie so when a guy's just like he's exploring a cave and he just sees someone get their heart ripped out and I'm just like oh okay well (laughs) we're doing this now (laughs) and then yeah, that's those are the main thoughts I have on it. I'll fill in if I can think of anything else while you're talking. Gotcha. No worries. Yeah. Um. I. I. I so I have, I have weird feelings on this one. So like, I remember when I first watched it uh, when a long time ago. I was like, oh, it's more Indiana Jones. Wee. You know. But I was like a kid, so I needed to. Mm-hmm. I feel like growing up now. I feel like this movie is very, very strange. On the one hand, it has a lot of the most Indiana Jonesy feeling Indiana Jones moments to me. There's a lot of really fun bits in here um, that are very wacky and very, like, very creative. Um, on the other hand, this movie has a lot of really, really dumb moments. And, like, see, it's scenes where it seems like the the, uh, the movie's kind of pandering to the audience, where it's like, oh, you want to see silly scene? Here's something silly. You want to see something gross? Here's something gross, you know? And I feel it doesn't feel earned a lot of the time. And I'm kind of just, it makes me feel like, it makes me kind of wish that the movie built up to him better, you know? Because like you said, like mm-hmm. you do get more horror stuff or more magical-y stuff a lot earlier, which I don't hate in concept, but the reason I feel like it worked in uh, Raiders is because it builds up to it, you know? Like you're, you get um, you get a lot of like, you know, build up to the arc and like you don't know if it's going to be opened, but everyone's hunting for it, you know, and knowing what it means and like ignoring the risks, you know? Because that's like the risk of archaeology. You're going to search for something without knowing the consequences of finding it. This movie's whole shtick, it, it already, on, on concept, it's kind of annoying because, like, Indy's goal here is literally just, like, he crashes in a plane and ends up in a civilization that needs help. Like, it's a very, like, not, the, the stakes for Indy to be there are not that high, besides, you know, get out of there alive, I suppose. And then, mm-hmm. like, at, the rest of the movie is basically him coming across stuff, rather than looking for anything in particular. Like, I feel like the movie loses a lot of that Indiana Jones spark when the movie feels like Indy doesn't want to be there, you know? Um, which is a which is a shame. Um, but... Hey, is there Nazis in this movie? No, there are no Nazis. Um, this one was just, uh, was... was Breaking the mold. Yeah, it was like Indy... Ooh. I think it was just like the... I forget what exactly group it was, but it was bad people. They were the bad guys. Because <laughs> um, it was like, um... Because it was like the the royalty of the palace that was kind of the villain a little bit. Right, I think it was like you know some like rich people. It was like rich people versus like the the um, 
kind of more natural the uh like the locals of that area that in that i'm trying to i don't know exactly how to phrase it but yeah so it was like the rich versus the the regular kind of low class it was right, very right, right. yeah it was just a very i don't know it, the movie is very bizarre and in that and that i feel like it's less of like an indiana jones story and more of just a world that indiana jones is thrust into and i just mm-hmm. I feel like it loses a little bit of its spark there you know um but there are still some really cool moments. Like I feel, I love the set. Like I love the, the the temple, and I love like everything looks really good in this movie for the most part. Um, and there's really cool bits here and there. Like I love, I love that the the beginning scene when they jump out of the plane. I think that was really cool. And then the uh, the, the the mine carts is really awesome too. There's a lot of really cool bits scattered throughout, but it's just kind of peppered with a lot of like really weird things and things that I wish that the movie fleshed out more. And like you said, I'd agree with that. Like you alluded to uh, the main girl. I mean, it's a point that's been beaten in the ground so much so that um, the girl's character in the Lego Indiana Jones game, I think her only power is to scream. So like people know that she's annoying. Um, But I have to tell you, like, it's not just that she's annoying in terms of her character, but like she, like you said, she's literally an active problem throughout the entire movie. Like it'd be one thing if it was if she was just a comedic relief, but for the most part, she actively causes problems. So she's may as well be an antagonist. And the fact that she never comes up again just goes to show how little ma- how little she mattered in the long in the grand scheme of things. And she was just very. Yeah, I would agree with that very much. Um, but I did my short round. I think short round actually. Besides him being kind of a dumb stereotype, I liked him as I liked his camaraderie with Indy because I feel like uh, Indiana Jones having a partner that's like this kind of like very dishonest but loyal kind of sidekick guy. Short round was the kid, right? Right. I kind of like that. Okay, they yeah. had a fun. They had a fun chemistry. Um, so I, I kind of enjoyed their. The accent was a little bad, but yeah, I mean... right. It was a little rough. <laughs> A lot of the racial things in this movie were oh my God, rough, yeah, but it, to... it was the 80s. Right. I don't even know if I could say the 80s, because, like, the 80s wasn't always so bad. But the, the way that they treat India, like, it's this, like, untamed wilderness that drinks monkey brains and kills people by tearing their hearts out. It's just very, very bad. Um, yeah, it's, it's very valid that it's was banned in India. I can right. see their reasoning for and that. That's not, even, that's not even acknowledging the opening scene that I think is in China. Where, like, the main girl character is doing that really bad dance, like, the really, like, the, the dance that's very much, like, I'm just gonna rip this out of, of Chinese culture. That was a mm-hmm. rough scene. Yeah, I don't think, not a single dancer in that first scene was actually, like, Asian in any I way. Genuinely I'm pretty sure they were all, so. like, they were all clearly white, I, I think, I if I remember not, I remember them being all white, too, I have to agree with you. It was just, I don't know, and that whole opening action scene was super goofy. That was another thing, too, because, like, there were some goofier moments in Raiders, but for the most part, I felt like the action scenes still took themselves seriously. But the opening scene of this movie is so goofy. Like, there's so many wacky stuff. It's literally like they're trying to outdo each outdo each moment in terms of silliness. And I'm like, okay, guys, like, like I get that this is not, like, a, I, don't, I don't need this movie to be, like, super hardcore heavy all the time, but I also, like, I want my action scenes to feel like they matter instead of just, like, wacky antics with you know gongs rolling all over the place and people right. just shooting blindly into the masses and no one getting hit <laughs> like it was just really weird 
I do distinctly remember a guy hiding either next to the gong or behind the gong. Oh yeah, something when it's like rolling, that. When it's rolling, Indiana Jones like runs alongside it, so he doesn't get. So he like hides behind it. Um, it's yeah. very villains stereotypically always have stormtrooper aim. Exactly that too, and I don't know, man. It's just, it's a very very silly movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's my least favorite indie. Um, really? I would say it's probably the middest indie. I would say it's it's the middle. Maybe a little bit on the low middle. I don't think about it, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll think about I it. Guess, I guess we'll, we'll find it at the end. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's the worst, but it's definitely... It has the worst moments. Like, if I had to make mm-hmm. a collection of like the worst Indiana Jones moments, I feel like the list would consist... Like, half of it would be this movie. Like, there's just a lot of stuff in this movie that bugs me. <laughs> If half of it is this movie and it's not your last, I am very interested. <laughs> well, because like there's great moments. Which one was worse? There's great moments. Like I really like the uh, the minecart thing. I thought that was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. I, and like I don't. I'm afraid I missed that part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was the. Of course, you missed the best part. Um, but like I don't know. There are bits. There are stuff I like, and I I think that because it is still Spielberg and. It, it does still have that kiss of quality that all the indie films do kind of capture. It's just right. also, like, one of the most tonally inconsistent. Like, it's just very weird. It's it's different than the other movies, that's for sure. Like, it, it doesn't really follow the same, like, plot scheme. Right. Not just because of the Nazis, but, I mean, just, like, the overall vibe of the movie definitely felt different. Right. Um, which is actually kind of funny. Another fun fact about this movie. Um, a lot of the big moments in this movie were scrapped ideas from Raiders. Like, it was scenes that they wanted to have in Raiders, but they did, like, cut out, and they got reworked into this film. So there's definitely elements of this that were meant to be in Raiders, and I would be very curious to see which elements those are and if they're, the, if they're my favorite parts. <laughs> like, maybe the reason that I like parts of this is because those parts were the fragments of the original. I do not know. Yeah, you need like a Snyder cut version of the original to see what they would have ended up with. <laughs> right. Um, but it's it's definitely it's not bad. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie because I don't think any of the Indiana Jones films are truly bad. But I would de- agree with that. Yeah, it's definitely just one of the weirder ones and probably the most inconsistent, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Any final thoughts on that? Uh, no, I think we got it all. Nice, nice, nice. So, moving forward, we are now going on to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. This was the final Indiana Jones film until, of course, uh, we got two more sequels. But it was supposed to be the concluding chapter. Um, It's another Spielberg one, so it's definitely in line with those films. Um, And, of course, has Sean Connery as uh, Indiana Jones' father, which is always very interesting. Um, This is definitely a very... Uh, I w- this is definitely like the most popular Indiana Jones film. I feel like amongst the kind of general, I mean, I guess, I guess discluding the first, but um, of amongst the general like film crowd, it's the big question of Indiana Jones is which, which, which Indiana Jones is your favorite last crusade or Raiders. So mm-hmm. that's definitely always been the big question. So uh, what do you think of that one, Michael? Well, this one is definitely one of the better ones. I won't, I won't betray the ranking yet, but I think it was definitely one of the better ones, in my opinion, because it gave you a little bit more of his backstory and how his relationship with his father was. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, was this one Russians or Nazis? This one was Nazis. We're Nazis, right yes. Nazis. The, Nazis, the, the Nazis made their, uh, their triumphant return just to get defeated again, as we all love as Americans. Hell yeah. Um, so, 
overall, I think this movie was good. I thought the plot, it kind of like showed you how like how he became the man he was, how Indy became the man he was, because like the way his father treated him is like so his father was like obsessed with history as well, and he was always chasing after the goblet, right? Yeah, it was yeah, it was the his mission was the um, Holy Grail. Yeah, the Holy Grail, Grail, not goblet. Got you. So um. So basically, you would think that Indy would not want to be like a historian like his father because he, you know, disliked his father so much. But him becoming an archaeologist kind of shows that the entire time he kind of wanted his father's approval. And you can kind of see that there is one line in the movie that um, his father says, he says, you, you left after you finally started to become interesting. Like, right when he started to finish school and become, like, interested in history. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of see that even though, like, he disliked his father in a way, he still was kind of looking for his approval. And his father even acknowledged that he kind of, like, became someone who interested him more than, like, you know, what he was before. Like, if he went and became a doctor or something. is Like, a medical doctor, not, like, yeah. I technically think he is a doctor. But, mm -hmm. yeah, kind of gets that vibe. Dr. Jones, yep. There's uh there's the one the one real relationship with their father involving a female. <laughs> but um that that scene really threw me off. I love I love that. I was thinking about that more. Um it, it is a joke. Wait, 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 wait. Explain, explain you know, yourself. I'm about to what do you mean you love that? I know, I promise. It it is a joke, but what that scene shows to me is it's it's like you were mentioning before, like Indy um because you phrased it really well. Indy's whole, uh, the reason he, you know, f pursues history, like, obviously he still loves, a lot of it is, like, loving, preserving history. Obviously, this movie with the whole it belongs in museum thing, this is where that kind of jumped from. But for the most part, like, um, our, our big reason why he was to pursue history was a lot of, like, following his father's footsteps and trying to be a better version of him. But ultimately, I feel like what the, one of the things the movie kind of reveals is, like, they see each other as, you know, they see they, they see each other as, like, these completely separate entities, but ultimately, they do fall into the same silly mistakes. Like, they both give too much to history. They both end up kind of losing themselves and everything, and kind of represented by this gag where, like, he the, the girl seduced both of them. <laughs> like, they both fell for the same things, because ultimately, they, despite how much they resent each other's guts, for the most part, they still are the same doofus who both wanted history so, or, like, pursued history so much, pursued trying to preserve it, that they just did not have any sense of, like, you know, any sense of trust or any sense of anything like that. Like, it's just mm -hmm. kind of funny to me, and it reveals how much they have in common, uh, despite how much they don't want to have it in common. And I love that relationship. I think both of them, they're both, like, they just have, they have so much great chemistry, and they play off each other so well. Every scene they were on screen together was, like, it was like just the grumpiest version of like a of like a you know dumb and dumber type of, but smarter you know it was just so strange um but i loved them i really did i thought their relationship was great and i shouldn't say i love that he got seduced by the same lady but i should say that that joke represents what i like about this about their relationship I think you actually explained your way out of that pretty well. I actually <laughs> agree you. with you now. It sounded a little strange to start off with, but I think you uh you tied it in a nice little bow. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Um Yeah, um this is definitely one of the better ones. I I definitely stand by it. I would not well, I guess I'll tell you uh I guess I'll let you know the full ranking once we at the end, but I wouldn't say this film 
improves upon the original. I don't think it changes much, but it goes back to what the original does well, um, which is kind of keeping it a very straightforward adventure. A lot, a lot of that kind of chase through, like chase to get the, you uh, chase to get the artifact kind of thing. It definitely mm-hmm. feels like more of a chase, more of a hunt, which I always liked. Um, and I like that it does kind of feel like an unraveling mystery. Like I feel like um, similar to Raiders, where like you don't necessarily know what direction the movie's going in next. Like you kind of like get thrown around with Indy throughout this whole adventure, whilst it's still kind of feeling like a you know a mystery. It feels structured. I like mm-hmm. it. It's a very very solid film um, with lots of really great bits. Um, there's just so many like funny little bits with uh, with his dad and like really cool action set pieces. Another classic, man. Yeah this this was uh this was another one of the movies where I was a thing that I usually don't like very much in movies is when um is when the villain jumps to conclusions and like reaches the same like destination that the that the protagonists do because mm-hmm. like i feel like there was like a lot of things that well well uh his father henry for one he had been researching the grill for years right so like he was finding out all this information this and that about it and then uh indy goes and looks up the information and he basically finds out what took his father years to find out like years to the point where indy wasn't even like a grown person yet just like researching but indy found out in like what like a week tops if you really want to think about it that timeline wise and there was also a lot of uh a lot of information that indy and his father would come up with like but like trying to figure things out that the villain ended up coming to the exact same conclusion without like see in my opinion seemingly much less information to go on and they would just like shoot it's like shooting blind in the dark but they still hit the target anyway because like when they both arrived at the grill site personally i kind of thought that they shouldn't have made it near the the villains the nazis shouldn't have made it nearly as fast as they did but i also kind of understand how like the plot calls for the villains not to be far behind the heroes or else Mm. you know the then it's way too easy you gotta have an extra challenge right um, although going back to a point you mentioned, um, I like that I like that Indy solved uh, Indy and his dad kind of solved the mystery. Like th- there were bits and pieces that Indy kind of solved. There were bits that that uh, you know his father couldn't solve, and then there's stuff they solved together. I like that too. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that both of them were kind of these flawed weirdos, but they had different strengths that ultimately coming together kind of helped resolve. Um, and I I, I, I like that dynamic. I thought that was really fun. Um, no, that's actually a pretty good point. I didn't even think about it that in that way. How, like, you know, each person can figure out a certain thing, but, you know, you don't get the full picture unless they come together like they did at the end. Exactly, yeah. And I thought it was really fun. Um, this movie also has a lot of really good bits. Um, definitely, I, one thing I would say this movie definitely changes from Raiders and Temple Doom, though I guess it does inherit a bit from Temple Doom, is this movie definitely feels more lighthearted. Like, it it takes a little less of the of the angst away and gets a little bit more bits. Like, there's a lot of really good jokes and sli- it's kind of visual humor in this one. Uh, of course, you got the classic, he finds Hitler and, you know, gets the autograph from Hitler. Uh, definitely an iconic, uh, iconic bit. Um, but that definitely got, caught me off guard. Right, it's such do. a, like, damn moment, you know? Um, 
and then there's like that cut when uh, Indy's talking to the or the Nazis are trying to tell him where that where his partner was and he's like you'll never find him he's miles away you'll never get him with time and they cut to him and he's just like wandering through the streets like oh excuse me everyone can you can you point me in the direction of so and so and it's like really obvious and he's not really going anywhere I love that cut that was really that was just a really well timed thing um, there's just a lot of really good visual jokes in here and slights that kind of uh, it does make the tone more unique, which is pretty interesting. I like that they kind of grew on it a little while still feeling like an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, I like I like how you mentioned it before, but how they went kind of back to what uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was more so than Temple of Doom. Hmm. Because, like I said, in my opinion, Raiders, I mean, Temple of Doom was kind of like the down point. So, like, they did take some aspects from it. But, I mean, like, mixing more of the Raiders of the Lost Ark type of, like, feeling into it definitely helped the movie out. Absolutely, yeah. It feels like a very classic indie adventure. Um, you know, it's a shame that it would have been the finale, but at the same time, like, they wrapped it up well, so it would have made sense that it kind of, it would have worked as a finale while still feeling mm -hmm. like an extension. Um, oh, and something I wanted to mention earlier, you made that point about you get the backstory of Indy. Um, I, at first, would kind of be against this, being like, oh, well, we went this long without the origin, why do we need it now? But I almost mm -hmm. feel like, it still doesn't quite explain everything, but it does give you, like, almost every little wink and nod that you need. It explains how he got his scar, how he got his hat, how he got his whip, how he got his fear of snakes. Like, everything is explained in this one, one scene. And I do mm -hmm. kind of love that. I feel like... I almost feel like as it, it being in the third movie almost feels like a uh, like a, a wink and nod to the fans who've been following up to this point where it's like, oh, you guys want a backstory? Well, here's a little bit, you know? And they give them, mm -hmm. like, everything you need. And it also doesn't really play, play into much aside from building up what the movie builds up. It's almost like it's, it's that starting Lego brick without it being, like, the supporting Lego brick, you know? Um, right, right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's a it's a very solid opening, and honestly, it's it's definitely one of the most memorable Indiana Jones moments. That whole train like train chase was really well done. Mm -hmm. It was a very classic scene. I just I just really dug it. Um, what wow. else? Was, what else was iconic in your opinion? Um, iconic. I mean, the most iconic moment in this movie is when um. Uh when they feel like when they realize they slept with the same woman and uh naturally <laughs> because they're they're both sitting in the chair you know tied up and they're back to back and then the woman comes in and she says i'm sorry i betrayed you or some something along those lines and i did enjoy our time together and then like the camera's pointing at indy but his father responds and says i did as well exactly <laughs> and then, that's another really great movie fit <laughs> And then Indy's face is like, I'm sorry, what? And then, like, they kind of, like, had this moment of realization where it's just like, I can't believe that's happened. But then the dad, the dad's more like, oh, well, it is what it is. But, like, Indy's like, no, like, this is terrible. I also kind of like, like I, it. I think that's the iconic moment. I also kind of find it kind of funny because um, it almost plays into, like, a joke against Temple of Doom. Because, like, obviously Temple of Doom with, with Willie that character she's like the only reason she seems to be there is so that like indy can have like a girl to get in the way with and then be fall for you know it's like totally mm -hmm. a james bond girl thing so having the, the the james bond girl stand in here be the villain and like betray both of them i think is kind of funny it like goes to show that indy just does not learn <laughs> like he had to he had to have it like thrown in his face that he can't trust every woman he hands out with like 
<laughs> I find that funny. It was, it is, it was a weird situation to put in, but it's also like does make sense to his character as well. Right. Um, it definitely fits. Um, but it's a, it's a very fun movie. Um, that, that's definitely a very iconic moment, and I love that entire bit where they're tied to the chair. I think that was really clever, and I, I love the way they got through it. I think it was really fun. Yeah, with the fire, and then like the switching of the fireplace like four or five times until right. they finally figured it out. Yeah, exactly. I think it was fun. Um, it was definitely goofy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, um, there are goofy bits in in Temple Doom that I was against, but I feel like this film's tone is more consistent that I'm okay with it having more goofy moments. You know, I think they right. I think they mastered it a little bit better. Um, so right. yeah. third time's a charm, as they always say. Exactly, and they learn from their mistakes, which I respect a lot. It's a very strong outing. Mm, well, on to the fourth movie then. That's right. So now we're going, this was, I believe, uh, I believe Last Crusade was 1989. Yes, it was 89. Um, so we had to wait 20 years until the next film. 2008 was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Now, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I want to preface that when we watched this together, I hadn't seen this movie since 2008. Like, I was six. Like, I hadn't seen this movie in years. Um, but I'd seen it when it came out. And I knew it was definitely it was it was the mo- it was probably the most divisive indie film, um, or I wouldn't even say divisive. I think it was just most the most disliked indie film, um, which I felt, you know, on the one hand, I feel like might make sense because you know, one, it's twenty years after the after the last one, so already it kind of doesn't feel quite right. And secondly, you know, he n- the nuclear fridge thing, like. The fact that ah uh, yes, the nuclear fridge thing. Yes, the fact that that scene exists has caused the entire internet to like turn on this movie as instant it came out. They're like, "Oh my god, you can't survive a nuclear blast in a fridge!" Oh my god! Like the entire the entire internet had that collective reaction in two thousand eight, and it's still kind of lasted today. But to that I say, has anyone tried it personally? Yeah, exactly. It's like, let's find out. Let's do a Mythbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if they come back and tell us it didn't work, then we'll know it didn't work for sure. Exactly. But no response. <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, no response is a good response. <laughs> um, so I kind of went into this with that a little bit of a negative, uh, a little bit of a negative mentality, but I tried to still be open. Uh, Michael, what did you think? Well, like you said, negative mentality. Because you were telling me it was not so good, I was like, I was expecting it to be worse than than the other ones. So I didn't have high expectations for this movie, but like. I, again, I think this is... I enjoyed this movie. This is one of the better ones in my opinion. I know this might not agree with everyone's opinion, but I actually enjoyed it because, uh, I mean, the ending is a little wonky because, you know, aliens and stuff, but <laughs> you could also see the basis of it because, um, man, like, from, like, the care... from, like, Shia LaBeouf coming in, you know? I know I say his name wrong, but it's... uh. It's a habit of mine. Shia LaBeouf is uh, it's basically set up to be the next Indiana Jones, and like, from the moment he showed up, I kind of they show he showed up and then he mentioned his mother, something about his mother. I immediately knew that he was going to be a son, so I was like, "There's no way around it." The question was, "Who was his mother going to be?" Right. And then like, I love how he's like he's supposed to be this edgy kind of biker guy who's like brings a knife everywhere, and he's just like old man you don't know anything about danger this this and that and like while like 
anyone who's seen the past three Indiana Jones movies knows that this man Indiana Jones was about that life. Like, man was oh, he, he he's murdered a lot. Indiana Jones has murdered a lot of people. <laughs> if you go through the movies, he has shot a lot of people. Um, he was witness to a lot of all the murders, even if he didn't have a direct hand in it. So, like, yeah, like, this man had seen a lot of stuff, so Shia Booth's character coming in saying that he wasn't about the life like that it was kind of funny to me because it's just like it's how it's how um you know like older people like if you have like an uncle or like a grandfather who's been like the who was like back in the war and like you know now you might see them they're like this sweet old person like you're like they wouldn't even hurt a fly but like you know flashback 20 years ago like they were doing all types of crazy stuff <laughs> And like, and I liked, and I actually liked the ending of the movie as well. Like, I thought it was like, you know, the end of the Bond girlness of the Indiana Jones series. He's just like, you know, he's getting married, and they're gonna pass the torch on to the next person they set up if the movie does well. Right. Yeah. Um. It's valid. Uh, I so I like I said I I also came into it with a negative mentality, but. I also agree. I think it definitely improved upon rewatch. I don't. I do not hate this movie. Um, there's stuff that still bugs me about it. Um, I would not say this is any by by any means anywhere near uh, Last Crusade and Raiders, but I do think people give this a little bit too much flack. Um, and I give it a lot of res- I gotta give it a lot of points because it does feel like an Indiana Jones film, like even more so than in Raider or than Temple of Doom. Like it's much more consistently indie than the others. It definitely it has that ticking time bomb element it does have a little bit of that archaeological vibe to it um and i don't even hate the idea of it being aliens i know a lot of people did but um i like it and i'm gonna talk a little, especially with this next coming movie um but i will mention now i think the supernaturalness of indie uh to me needs to be beneficial to the vibe of like the archaeology you know like with the first three they were all based in some sort of religion so it played with the with like the archaeology element because all of the uh, the things he was trying to hunt down were connected to it in some form of religious way. So like I always mm-hmm. felt like the the magic stuff was an extension of the archaeology. It whilst yes it was fantastical, it came from the same myths and legends connected to the archaeology. So it it worked. I was okay with it. You know, um, and and with with the aliens thing, I am okay with it because I feel like because there's all those conspiracies about aliens being involved with everything. I kind of like it as like a final, if this is, if this was the final Indiana Jones film, it's almost like even after you've seen everything, you don't really, you have never really seen everything. You know, I feel like Mm -hmm. once it, the aliens thing kind of throws this wrench into everything where it feels like Indy no longer, despite Indy having all these insane experiences, he's still one step behind the world, you know? So he did, that's like a perfect time to step out where it's like, I've I've left my mark. I've explored what I've explored, but ultimately the world is still just a little bit a little bit too wacky for me, but it still doesn't feel like it's not grounded in some sort of archaeology, you know, cuz aliens conspiracies were always a thing. I don't know. It it I feel like maybe I might just be giving a little too much credit, but at the same time I feel like it does still capture it it captures a very retrospective Indiana Jones vibe, almost like he's older and accepting that despite what he's experienced there's always going to be one thing that doesn't quite make sense you know mm-hmm. i mean like if you look at the other movies each movie like i said before goes crazy at some point so it's like 
in every movie there's there's indie thinking he's like oh i don't believe in this i don't believe in that like despite what he's seen and it's like each time his expectations are shattered mm-hmm. of like what could be real so i'd say that's i would disagree with you on the point but i do understand where you're coming from that like when you think aliens is like a little too goofy because like i feel like it's kind of it's the first movie it's basically the angel of death kills a horde of nazis and then like second movie it's like this because the dude the guy was the knight was from the crusade so True. uh quick math says about 1500 years ago True, give or but take it's connected to it's still connected to the, the archaeology like the holy grail is still a thing that's theorized to exist and it's it's religious based so i don't i i to me if you connect your magic to your to your object i'm okay with it being i'm okay with it being a little bit nonsensical if it if it that's feels true. honest to the archaeology you know that's true but i mean like magic and aliens like they're like two sides of the same coin to me like you know <laughs> once you go to the point where magic exists i mean if aliens exist i'm like so what you know because right. it's like I, I don't i actually don't hate that the aliens are here like i said like i don't hate mm-hmm. them being here i think like i said i like i mentioned before like the whole uh aliens beings theorized to be a part of of archaeology and stuff i think does ultimately connect it to the archaeology like mm-hmm. i i think i don't mind it um i i I don't love it, but at the same time, like, if they were going to do Aliens in Indiana Jones, I think this is the best way to do it. Right. So, no. I, I do think the... They did kind of introduce there being an entire another dimension. And, like, I always find it interesting how, like, you know, like, in media, aliens are depicted as, like, these, like, all-knowing beings. And it's, like, always the question of, like, why? Because, <laughs> like, uh, the villain of the movie, she's just, like... Actually, that's good. In this movie, the main villain is a woman as well, isn't she? Yeah, Russian, Russian lady, Kate Blanchett, actually. <laughs> yeah, and so she's just like, I just want to know. Like, basically, she she just automatically assumed that the aliens knew like everything about like whatever she wanted to know. So like, she basically kills herself, might not kill herself, because I think she just gets sucked into the portal. She like she gets like particleized, like she turns into like dust. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's implied that she died, but yeah. you, know, you don't know if she died for sure. But she might have gotten and, like, the information she, just... she was looking for, so maybe she did get a good ending. That is true. But, like, if, you know, the thing I thought that was, like, kind of a, an inconsistent bit, but, I mean, like, when it wasn't there, it was kind of funny, was the, uh, the magnetism of the skull. Yeah. Because, like, every once in a while, like, because, like, when it first showed up, like, they, they found the skull in Area 51, which... I I need them to explore the rest of Area Fifty One, but you know I that's not like, going to happen now. I want to keep going through those bins and being like, "What else is here?" <laughs> like, I want to know. Because, like, because don't they even like uh, pin to like the box of the Ark of the Covenant? Yes, at some like point? you see the Ark of the Covenant in there. Like, I love that. I loved that, especially because it's in the intro. Like, that's such a great mm-hmm. callback. I love that. I really did. <laughs> So it's, like, the thing is just, like, ultra-magnetic to the point where, like, the people can't even use their guns around it. So it's, like, well, then by the end of the movie, it's just, like, ah, uh, it's, it's kind of a magnet. It's a magnet when it's convenient, at least. Right. It would be annoying if they had to like... keep fighting with it the entire movie. Yeah, so, like, you could definitely see why they did it. But, I mean, like, it's, it is it is a little nitpick I have about right. it. 
I feel like my biggest complaint with this movie, because I, I do have a pretty big beef with this movie, and it's that whilst it feels indie, I feel like this movie, the best way, to, I don't know how to explain it without just being blunt, it's kind of boring. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this indie film doesn't quite capture, whilst it captures the vibe of indie, I feel like it doesn't quite capture the energy anymore, because it definitely, it feels older. Like, indie's older, the direction feels a little bit slower. It just feels very, it, it does feel a little bit more, like, lagged. Like, it almost feel like it almost lost a little bit of that spark. So I feel mm-hmm. like especially, it, it kind of picked it up again when they got to, like, the jungles again near the end. Like, that entire chase in the jungle with, like, the giant, like, tree cutter machine. Like, that whole bit mm-hmm. was great. I think it picked up from that point. But leading up to that, where, like, even, even like, the mystery hunt felt, whilst it was wasn't uninteresting it was just kind of it felt there like it felt like the story was there just to have Indy do something and mm-hmm. it just it didn't 100% grab me I feel like you fell asleep during Temple of Doom but I almost feel like if I had to pick an indie movie to fall asleep to I feel like this one would probably be it um it did definitely have some slow moments like um the the guy was crazy I can't even remember his oh, name oh yeah 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 but like, I think he was just kind of, like, crazy and, it was, like, because he kind of lost his mind from staring at the skull. And, like, everyone in the movie seemed to have this, like, deep connection to him. But, like, as a viewer, like, I was very confused yeah, of why they had a connection him. to yeah. him. Just a very, like... Yeah, they never really explained. I just didn't really care for him. Like, he's there. Um, yeah, it's like they really didn't even need him, really. Yeah. Very much a, a non-presence. Well... Granted, I wouldn't say indie side characters are ever, like, show stealers, aside from maybe, uh, maybe Indiana Jones Sr., or, no, you know, the dad. Um, like, maybe he was a show stealer, but for the most part, the indie side character's never been really all that huge, but but he's definitely... I feel like Shy was a pretty big side character. He was fine, yeah, Shia LaBeouf was fine. Um, but I feel like that side one, especially, that guy, felt very needless, and Marion, too, like, Marion was fine in this movie. She was nothing wrong with her being in this. But mm-hmm. she, like, really just did not scream interesting to me. Like, the instant yeah, she, she didn't up, have much depth. Right. Like, the when you saw her again, like, that, that conversation in the truck was probably my favorite part with them. But the rest of the movie, she may as well not be there. Like, I just didn't care anymore. I was like, cool, Marion's back. That's the end of that. Yeah, um, I feel like the impact of that what might have been better. Well, for me personally, if I had seen, like, you know, in the 80s, I had seen it, and I'm like, right. oh my gosh, she's back. It's like someone from your childhood, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, I do f- also feel like, so, um, I also have a kind of a thing with Indy's motivation. I've always felt like mo- Indy's motivation, I've never liked it when it felt like Indy didn't want to be there. Like like I said, the Temple of Doom. Um, and this one it's kind of half and half. On the one hand, it did seem like he wanted to be there because he wanted to help this kid and because the, the it involved the same Russians that he was dealing with earlier. So, mm-hmm. like, it does kind of seem like he wants to be there. But on the other hand, the Crystal Skull really was not something of interest to him. Like, yes, everybody's heard of it, but, like, it's the same spiel of, like, oh, I thought it wasn't real, you know? Like, he yeah, didn't he just, care. Because his main goal was just, like, saving Marion, right? Right, essentially. is he was the, to rescue his mom, and he didn't know mm-hmm. who his mom was. Um, but, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like Indy's... I love when Indy's motivation is rooted to the, to the like, 
artifact and here he just while he's interested it's not like he's truly enthralled or anything he doesn't even say what it deserves to be a museum so <laughs> that's care. actually a very good point <laughs> or did he did he actually say that about the stuff like in the like in the kind of temple area he said that the I remember he said time... it was like a treasure trove but I don't know if he like followed it up but it needs to be in a museum the only time he said that was in was in Last Crusade and he said it when he was on the boat with that cross mm. thing <laughs> he said it in the boat at the very beginning when he's when he's stealing that cross back from the uh, the guy from his childhood and mm -hmm. like he says that deserves to be in a museum and then he says at one point later on he said, I forget what he says it about later on in Last Crusade, but it's only in Last Crusade does he talk about that. Like, we, we bring it up a lot, like, as his catchphrase. He does, and, he does say it in the newest movie, though, doesn't he? Because I, I feel he, like there was a moment that we pointed at the screen and was just like, there it is. I think he he, he, re he referenced a museum. I don't even think he truly said the whole thing. Uh, he might have. <laughs> I think he just said something along the lines of, like, um, oh, he's, yeah, it was, it was, yes, it was, God, I don't remember the exact quote, but yes, it was... He was talking about so he was talking about like the uh, the gold the no. golden no it was the golden disc thing that he melt they melted out of the wax and like they said they could sell it. He oh goes, yes. He goes, you should put it in a museum, and then he's like, or we could sell it. <laughs> like yes, it was that he did say that, but it was yeah. <laughs> so you did, you're right. True to his moral, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a man stands by his word. Um, but yeah, like I, I always like it when indies when indies motivation is more intertwined with the with the artifact so uh, that's a fair assessment i think this was definitely a more it was definitely seemed like it was supposed to be a setup movie for shy to become the next indiana jones like right. when you look at it especially with uh the very end with uh you know the hat falling on the ground he picks it up and then uh, and then uh harrison ford's like nah yeah not yet and he kind of takes the hat back. Right. Like, Although, I, thought that, yeah, I thought that was really cool. He scene. probably would have maybe followed in his footsteps if, one, the movie wasn't didn't tank, and two, if, if Shia LaBeouf ended up being a good guy. <laughs> but I feel like it, Shia, got, Shia got arrested too many times to uh, really be able to come back full-heartedly. But, um, yeah, what could have been, bro? Right. Though I feel like we didn't talk about Shia LaBeouf enough. What did you think of his character? Oh, I mean, like... I thought it was kind of goofy. I mean, like, he he played his role well. Because he, he's supposed to be, like, the punk kid who's, like, old oh, man, you don't know this, you don't know that. And then, like, he kind of, like, he does grow on me throughout the movie. Like, when you fast forward to the jungle scene, like, he's, like, fighting and stuff. And he's just, like, oh, this is what you've been doing. And, like, they're, like, they're, like, his, his father ends up, like, kind of proud of him. Because he's, like, oh, well, you can actually kind of handle your, your yourself. And like, there's there's a point where he's on one of the uh, one of the jeeps by himself, and he's like fighting like two people, and like he's holding his own, and he does a good job. And then, uh, back to the jungle scene. I actually really love that jungle scene. I think that's my favorite scene in the movie. I even liked how, if anyone's ever read Doctor Stone, I know this is this is this is manga anime. Not everyone loves it, but uh. One of the things they say in it is they say uh, the most dangerous animal in the Amazon isn't like the, the you know the the giant cats or like the piranhas or anything like that. It's the army ants because they attack in hordes and you can't do anything about them. So like I loved when they like in this movie, it's like yeah, the real danger for everybody was the army ants because it was attacking everybody like non-discriminatory and like 
they were just trying to find a way to get away from him until they finally got to the river. And like I just I just love that that little nature fact about that. Alright, what about you? How'd you feel about uh Shia Buff? Yeah, he was fine. Um I feel like Shia Buff likes to play this character a lot, like the young buck, you know, like the young kind of punk guy. Um but I also kinda like that he's while he can stand on his own, he does kinda reveal himself to be like kind of a doof. Like he's not a hundred percent like a, a cool punk guy. But I, I liked him. I thought he wasn't too obnoxious. Um I wouldn't mind it of seeing him more. I wouldn't mind it seeing him more, but ultimately, uh I get it. Like I, I don't love Shia LaBeouf as an actor, so I don't need to see him anymore, but I don't know. He's he's fine. He was there. I he definitely didn't ruin anything, which, you know it, which is all I could ask. <laughs> like I kept thinking of Willie and being like, Please don't be another Willie but she was he wasn't, so he was not. <clears throat> I mean, he just has he has those four movies that like inspired my childhood so much. Transformers. Like, uh, well, number one, Transformers one, two, and three. And anyone who says Transformers three is bad is objectively wrong. I thought it was great, <laughs> not that it makes sense, but it was entertaining. And then, uh, of course, the the ultimate classic is a uh, Holes. Oh my God! Uh, I forgot he was in Holes. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, he's the is he the main character? I think he is he is. Just, or is he like secondary main character? I think he's the main character. I think he's the main character. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I loved him in that movie. But like the thing that you can say even in this movie, he it's kinda like in The Rock, you know, if you watch a Dwayne Johnson movie, like The Rock is the rock in whatever movie he plays. Right. Right? Like in Black Adam, he's not playing Black Adam. It's Black Adam played by the it's Black Adam playing the rock. That's yes. what it's like. That that's what kind of like he shot both reminds of this movie. Like he's acting like how he does in his other movies. Absolutely. Which I mean, like, is inherently going to happen with like the same actors. But I haven't seen a lot of his movies, so I can't really speak to his range. But in the in the limited amount I've seen, I could say he's kind of the same guy. Yeah. Um. I would to add your real quickly. I do think he does have range. It's I don't think he has range when he plays a young guy. Like, when he's supposed to play a young kid, he always plays the same young kid. But he does play other roles on occasion. So, he does have a little bit of range. I'll give him a little bit of props, but I do agree with you. Yeah, he's fine. He's a solid actor. Um, me, personally, I don't really... I don't give him too much credit for, for Transformers, but this is not a Transformers podcast. This is an Indiana Trans- podcast. So. Transformers is amazing. It's the greatest thing to ever exist in my childhood. I realized, I mentioned this in the tra- the trailers episode, but I watched that trailer for the new one, the Beasts one, and it made me realize mm-hmm. just how little I care about Transformers. Like, I watched that trailer and went, man, tr- Transformers are just not that cool. <laughs> that was, maybe that was me, but I don't know, man. Transformers mm-hmm. just aren't my thing. That's fair. I, I've seen every Transformers movie besides Bumblebee because, you know, it didn't have Optimus Prime in it. And it's I not think even he that. Is. I actually think he is in it. Is he? I think so. Because I've never seen it, so I can't speak for sure. But, like, the trailers kind of look like it was, like, just a Bumblebee thing. And, like, Bumblebee's cool, but he's seen more. It was, from what I hear, it's more like an Iron Giant type of movie. Yeah. Not like a everything exploding type of movie, like how the uh, the Bayverse was. Which, yeah. I mean, is fair. The Bayverse did kind of run its course. Yeah, stay tuned, uh, by the way. Um, me and David will very likely do an episode of the podcast on Bumblebee at some point. 
Oh, I'm sure that's going to be a great episode. Maybe because... I'll, watch the, I'll watch the movie so I can critique you. Right. Just because, like, our, our think stinks are devoted to movies that have just been forgotten to time and <laughs> no one thinks about Bumblebee anymore. Yeah, because was that... I couldn't even tell you when they came out. Like, 2020? 2018. 2018. Jeez, it was that long ago? Yeah. All and this is... And Rise of the Beast is supposed to be the follow-up of it, is it not? I... Like, same universe? I don't think so because i feel i think I, bumblebee is standalone i think it's like i know it's not like directly correlated but if i remember correctly they kind of reference it a little bit in uh rise of the beast like so it's in like it takes place in the same universe i think i have not seen bumblebee so i don't know for sure but from what i hear it takes place in the same universe and it's just like you know a separate little side story for him I will. I'll take your word for it. I I just don't know. <laughs> the Transformers movies are weird because like they they constantly get rebooted and booted and rebooted again. So it's it's a little weird. But yes, I I would I would not be surprised if that's the case. I'll never forget the uh, the famous quote in the last night that he said over and over. He I am is, Optimus Prime. He is that Optimus was... Prime. Oh, that was great. I've I've only I, seen I've seen Transformers one and I've seen Transformers five. I've not seen the middle three. <laughs> oh well, you miss you missed the best one. I mean, granted, you might not like it as much as an older person because you don't have a nostalgia factor, and it's really just kind of it's a Michael Bay film. Everything's exploding, yeah. so it's much more entertaining to watch as a kid. That's valid. Anyways, what were we talking about? Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Um, I I think we probably wrapped up the fourth movie. What do you right. think? I agree. I think it's time we jump to 2023 when Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny dropped in theaters. Um, and me and Michael saw it opening day, so we are committed. That is how committed yeah, we are. Yeah, butt kicker seats. Right, you got the <laughs> you got the butt kicker seats in Regal. We made sure we bought the nice seats to make sure we got the full experience. For real, for real. And uh, Michael, after seeing the after seeing all the butt kicker seats, uh, first of all, did the butt kicker six seats make the experience better? And secondly, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> the important oh, question. Oh, okay. Uh, the seats, yes, the seats were magnificent for the trailers. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> once the movie came on, I like I felt it. Like I, I'm sure it was still doing things, but like I only noticed it like maybe three or four times for yeah, a couple same. seconds <laughs> but the trailers like those those seats was kicking like they they live up to their name i do think i think it was because the trailer audio was quieter than the movie audio was so you'd mm -hmm. notice it more because the it was louder like the seats were louder than the movie screen that that would make sense but yeah okay the movie yes the uh second most important thing that happened that day um <laughs> after the seats but um so honestly you could tell that it's like it is it's definitely a movie made not just to have another story but it's like they're like this will make money right which isn't a bad thing everyone does things to make money most of the time some people do it for you know just because they want to for creative reasons but like yeah they're just like you know everyone loved indiana jones let's make this and it's gonna make some money and uh, one of the things that that you had said well, after you watched it, you just like, why is Archimedes a time traveler? <laughs> oh, believe me, I'm going to talk about that in detail in a moment. 
Yeah, and then my response to that was, you know, we've seen the Ark of the Covenant, the uh, Temple of Doom, and all those shenanigans. And then uh, I always want to call it the Goblet of Fire. This is not Harry Potter. <laughs> Last Crusade. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, what's the one with the cup again? Yeah, it's Last Crusade. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, the Last Crusade. But what's what's the thing called? The Holy Grail. <laughs> the Holy Grail, yes. Not the Goblet of Goblet Fire. Goblet of Maybe Fire. Maybe I'll one day one. remember that. <laughs> But, um, so, and then you get aliens at the end. So I'm just like, you know what? Archimedes is a time traveler. In for a penny, out for a pound. I'll believe whatever, right? Oh, and also, like, uh, they brought... since this movie is pretty fresh, I would I would evade spoilers a little bit. Oh, that that's that's a fair point. Well, I think they kind of revealed that part a little, uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, time I, you haven't part. spoiled anything about what happens in the movie, so... But, but yeah i mean another spoiler the nazis do come back (laughs) which is which is great which is great because even though they're not yes (laughs) it's just like oh yes it's literally every other the reason i came here (laughs) it's literally every other movie it's the first the third and the fifth every other movie and like you know like i feel like if you do it six times, it's like, all right, now let's have something besides Nazis. Right. But seven, you know, the back fact to Nazis. <laughs> but like, you know, five movies, and then like three, three of them or two of them, three of them, three of them, yeah, three of them have Nazis, and it's just like, you know what? I kind of like this. You know, the Nazis are back, and we get to fight them again. Like, who doesn't? One of the reasons that you know is uh, Indy's motivation for disliking Guy is because he's like, well, it's because it's Nazi. Like, he doesn't care anything else about the guy's character. It's just like, oh, he's a Nazi. It's like, kick his ass. Kick his That's ass he's a Nazi. Bad. Which is valid, you know? Like, get him out of here. <laughs> exactly. And, like, he's, he's he's an old man. And, like, even at the age of 150, like, he's still, like, one-shot Nazis. And it's just like, this is great. Like, this is this is, this is is peak cinema right here. <laughs> All right. And uh, up, on to you. Yeah. So, I will preface... I think the movie is fine. It is a very alright movie. I have nothing... I, I don't... It, I, I, up until the end, which I'm going to talk about in as little spoilers as possible, Um, but up until the end, I actually thought the movie was kind of safe and not all that interesting. It's fine. It's, it's, an, it's an indie movie. But... Mm-hmm the end kind of happens and i'll go back to talking about the movie as a whole in a moment but i do want to talk about the ending because uh, and again i will do it without spoiling it is very annoying to me because on the one hand right <laughs> on the one hand um i'm okay with more again supernatural stuff coming in the third act that's a very traditional indie thing but as i've been mentioning throughout this episode i'm a big fan of when the supernatural element plays into the artifact itself and like the lore and vibe of the artifact in this film i as far as i can tell i'm pretty sure this artifact doesn't actually exist which is kind of already a strike against it but the the reasoning for these for the uh supernatural in this feels completely supernatural like it is no connection to it being an artifact like there's no historical reason for this to work aside from magic like there's no way so like when stuff starts happening in this movie stuff that could never ever ever happen even 
with the benefit of of religion being in there or the benefit of aliens being like a a plot device for both of those like there is absolutely no way something like this could happen so like it's it just feels completely out of left field like yes i know that these movies get pretty crazy yes people's faces melt off yes a guy's heart gets pulled out of his chest yes aliens but they build those up to be something that is ultimately connected to the historical object in question and feels like something like kind of like a myth that would be connected to a real life object like you could go to a museum see this object in a museum and be like oh yes legend says that if you open it your face will melt off like obviously it wouldn't happen but in these movies it does you know but like with this thing mm-hmm. like and again i won't spoil what the what the whole deal is with this thing but like no way like that's just not like explainable in any way like you mean to tell me you could see this object in a museum and just be like oh yeah by the way it does this like no like that's very much fiction to me and not in a way that feels very historical I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it just feels it feels like a jump the shark moment in a way in a way that does not feel in tune with the rest of the series, in my opinion. Yeah, what did, I mean, like, what do you think? For for the thing you're talking about, I actually do kind of disagree with you a little bit. I kind of mentioned you this before, like right. after we saw the movie, because um, because what happens that is like you know kind of magic like but i mean like it is in a way based in science a little bit it's very theoretical science but it is based in science a little bit it's just what it does is a little far-fetched because if the thing that does happen if that appeared on earth it would cause a lot of problems probably because um yeah you know going on with theoretical science but it's really hard to talk about this without spoiling it's all good i i understand what you mean like, like yeah it's just i could i could do i can see the basis in science in it but it's definitely not historical science it's definitely more like einstein science which is like nowhere near the time when archimedes was the thing yeah. so i mean you could always say that he was like way ahead of his time but i mean like it does it is it is kind of a stretch in the terms of like magical themes like you said i would agree with that point okay. Yeah, I mean, I will I will not bash it too much. It's definitely up to taste. Like I've noticed people online who have a problem with it, and other people who are like, "Come on, this is not this is not nearly as radical as Aliens or anything like that." So mm-hmm. like, I'm, I understand why people are okay with it, but to me, this is just the complete opposite of what the series has felt like to me. But that's fine. I, I well, I mean, if you do take out take the portal to another dimension. From the aliens, you can kind of like I suppose you could definitely convince yourself thing. it fits. Like that's like I feel like with the alien thing with the with the other dimension, I felt like that was that was so unexplained that like it, I don't know, like it feels I don't know that one just I, I I guess I won't say I like that either. I can't defend the aliens another dimension thing, but that's at fair. the same time, I just. At least there, it's aliens, and everything about them is unexplainable. This feels more mm-hmm. grounded in a history, in human history, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, it's, just, it's just very, and it's wacky. <laughs> I, I do like the mind space that Indy's in. <laughs> like, at the point where things start going left in this movie, like, I, I, I like the mind space right. he's in when he's just like, I also, and I get it. Nothing matters anymore except history. Right. I belong I in a museum. Exactly. Like, I, 
I do like it as a metaphor for his journey, where it's like Indy's finally some soul, kind of like literally become the thing he's wanted all these years. Like, I yeah. get it as a metaphor. Um, I I just don't really like it. I think it's really dumb. Um, but yeah, it definitely is dumb because it goes against some parts of his character, but it also kind of shows in the way. Like, it kind of shows how he's changed, how, like, how he feels like he's alone in the world. Right. Because of all the things that happened leading up to this movie. That's not really much of a spoiler because that right. kind of, like, in the beginning of the movie, they show how, like, he's kind of alone and that he doesn't, he sees a lot less meaning in life. Right. So, like, his decision to, well, almost decision to make that decision at the end kind of, kind of does match up with that. No, I, I actually, yeah, let me, let me rephrase. I think the, the big, the big supernatural element is very dumb i do like the way they I, I i'm okay with the way they handled that final decision um i think metaphorically i think it fits and it's with his character's progression like you said like you, you said that really well i think it does conclude what he's what his arc is in the film well um i saw some people online complaining that indy doesn't have an arc in this movie which is just very dumb to me because it's very blatant and on display that he has an arc um, yeah, that's that's one of the the most understandable things about the movie, to right. be honest. Um, but let's let's talk about the collective as a movie as a whole. Um, I like the movie fine. I think, uh, in a way, it feels like the it's like an Indiana Jones checklist. Like they're checking off what needs to be in an Indiana Jones film, and they hit mm. it like they hit each and every point, and it felt it almost felt a little routine, but. Um, it does it very earnestly. It does feel very much like an homage to the Indiana Jones series. And since it's not directed by Spielberg, it feels, in a way, that makes the action scenes feel more generic. But in other ways, it makes the it makes the vibe of the film feel much more like a tribute than it does like a self-gratifying conclusion, you know? Right. Um, it feels like a tribute to a series um, in a way that is enjoyable. It's not bad at all. I don't hate it. The ending's just dumb. But the rest of it's fine. I think I would have yeah. given this movie... I would have given this movie, like, a solid 6 out of 10 if it weren't for the ending. And the ending drops it a bit. But it still is a very average, solid film for most of it. Yeah, I think I think it was... Just, I think it was definitely a solid movie. Like, in terms of any other Jones film, it's definitely a middle of the pack. So it's not, like... It's definitely not going to take your breath away. It definitely takes some of its value from, like, the same as the fourth movie. It takes some of its value from, like, the nostalgia aspect that people would get from it. Right. So, like, if you had just put the movie as a standalone without the other ones, would have been probably pretty bad. But, I mean, you could say that about a lot of movies that have come through. Like, if you had saw Infinity War and didn't watch any other Marvel movie, it would have been bad. <laughs> but not, not to compare this to Infinity War at all, because... Those are two different levels of movies, but I think it's I think it's a solid movie overall. Like personally, I like I thought the ending was fine. Like I do kind of like how like they kind of went to theoretical science because I'm I'm a bit of a nerd myself. So you know when things get a little crazy and like once I've accepted that things are going to be crazy, like I can like when I can I can kind of work with things being weird like that. Like if it's if it was. If they didn't set a precedent for things being crazy beforehand, like I can un I can understand not liking the crazy aspects of Indiana Jones, but like they do set kind of a precedent for it beforehand. So it's not like it's coming out of left field. Sure. 
I mean, I, I disagree in some ways, but I agree with you in other ways, so I get that. Mm-hmm. No, it's entirely fair. I think, I think, I don't disagree with you in the sense that, yes, they establish um, things getting crazy. Pre, pre, I don't think, yeah, like I, like, I agree with you. Like, I don't think it comes out of left field in the sense that, like, it's not completely unexpected. It's just this, they don't set it up in a way that justifies it in my eyes. Um, mm-hmm. But that's fine, you know? That's fine. Um, I have a question for you, Michael, if you don't mind. All right, let's hear it. So I've, one of the most interesting things that I've learned as I was going through Twitter um, is there's a very specific element to this movie that is very divisive. What did you think of Helena Shaw? Helena Shaw. Okay, uh, tell me which character she was again. The main girl. <laughs> the British lady. The main girl. Yeah. The goddaughter. Oh, yes. Yes, the goddaughter. Personally, um, I don't know. Like, I didn't dislike her, right? I could... It was interesting to see that her motivation for doing things was, like, you know, like, stealing artifacts. But also, I can kind of see, like... It's a callback to the third Indiana Jones movie, where uh, he kind of does what his dad... Like, what his dad does, even though he dislikes his dad. It's kind of what she does, too. Like, she... She does work really hard learning about history and like different languages and all and things like that, but like she also kind of like goes against him in like spite, but like in going against him in spite, she also has to learn what he what her father learned and what her her uh, godfather learned. Mm-hmm. So like it is kind of a it's it's actually a pretty solid parallel to that movie I think. That's valid. And then like how towards the end like you kind of show that she stops rebelling and like kind of reveals that the thing she wanted all along was actually just a father figure which like i think is like pretty fitting to how like it's pretty fitting when compared to how like third energy indiana jones movie went like once he got a good relationship with his father like he calls back to him in either the fourth movie or the fifth movie i I forget because there's a picture on his desk, and then it's he's the just fifth, like he was a good one, man talking about his father. It yeah, because he's talking about his father and says he's a good man because he's. Oh no! It is the fourth one. You're right. It is the fourth one. Yeah, because I know I because I know he does. His father doesn't show up in either one. I just couldn't remember the timeline yeah, of the when fourth. he actually died. Yeah, he was. He was. was he like, died in between the third and the fourth. Mm-hmm. But you can see, like, she kind of like came to respect her father and and godfather like indy did you know a couple movies ago so i think i think she's a good character she is a little annoying because especially at the beginning because like some of the things she's doing i'm just like all right now like this doesn't make complete sense but like i think they they kind of fix her character pretty well towards the end yeah um yeah i agree with you a lot of people online really hated her like i saw this i saw this post where somebody proposed the idea it was like what if we what if we had a crossover movie between her and Short Round Grown Up? And I don't really, like, I don't really want that, but I thought it was a fun idea, so I retweeted it. And I was going through the comments, uh, and people, like, really hated her. Like, it was, I was surprised how much people didn't like her. Um, and I thought she was fine. Like, she was not a great, she wasn't, like, an amazing character or anything. But, right. like you said, she parallels Indy's journey a lot. And I kind of like her because she does remind me of what I imagine a young Indiana Jones would have been like. Like, mm-hmm. yes, he preserves history, but I cannot imagine he was always like that. 
I bet you there was a time he was kind of a roughneck who, and whilst he would preserve history, at the same time he also needed money and he'd do whatever he wanted. And he was kind of reckless. And that's kind of what Helena Shaw is. Like, she's very, like, her motivation only goes as far as how much she can benefit from it. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I, I like that. I feel like she's kind of a rogue character, and it's interesting seeing a character where she isn't so clear-cut. She's a little bit more mischievous, a little bit more untrustworthy, uh, which I, I dig. Um, I, I think her character was, was well-explored. Yeah, she could get annoying, I agree. I think, I, I, I think in uh, Disney, Disney especially kind of has this problem now where they overwrite some female leads, and they try to make them seem as quippy as humanly possible. Like, even more so than, mm-hmm. like, other characters. The female leads will always be really, really quippy. So, like, and I guess it's, a, it's, an, it's in an attempt to make them seem more independent. Which I don't hate in concept, but in execution they kind of just tend to fumble. So I get that. But I still think she's a pretty strong character. I think she stands pretty well. And I think as the movie went on, I kind of, I did enjoy her relationship with India. I thought they had good rapport. Um... So I didn't hate her, and I felt like people overreacted a little bit with her. Like I don't know, people. Twitter's just awful. <laughs> Twitter's just a very horrible place. So. Uh, Twitter will complain about anything if they can. <laughs> right, especially women. They're not a fan of them. <laughs> but oh, that'll get you an angry tweet. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Twitter is just very mean. But yeah, like uh, I think the movie stood well on its own. There were bits I liked. Um, but I will admit, one thing, we talked about this a bit with Raiders, but we haven't talked about it since. So I feel like the movies have gradually gotten more CGI as they went on. Um, but this one has a ton of CGI. Uh, and granted, it's, right. it's $300 million. It's a very expensive movie. So, like, I, I'm sure that's where a lot of CGI went to, or the money went to with CGI. But it got a little much like there were certain scenes, and I won't. I will not talk about the ending, just because the ending kind of needed CGI. But so I won't. I won't bash that. But there were a lot, a lot of scenes that the CGI got way too much in this movie, and it started to really irritate me. Um, and not just the de aging indie. Like the de aging indie was fine, and I think it was done well. But like, especially that scene at the parade. The scene at the parade was so gross. Like, there was just so many CGI things where it looked like a big motiony blur mess. And mm-hmm. ma- maybe it was just me, but, like, that made me really miss the olden days of, like, building the sets and stuff. Like... Has, have you seen... Uh, have you seen Flash yet? The one that just came out? The or new no? movie? No. Yeah, I think I think seeing that actually lowered my expectations I for honestly, CGI. I think I that's why I didn't have the same expectations. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think me seeing because I think that's the most recent movie I saw in theaters before this, so I think my expectations were definitely lowered more honestly, so than yours were. You're probably right. God, Flash looked horrible. <laughs> yeah, man, Grant Gustin, bro, you could have used him. Right, but yeah, I thought there was way too much CG in this movie too. Um, yeah, I like the intro. I like the opening scene. That was cool. With the DH, DH Harrison Ford. Yeah, I thought the DHing actually wasn't too bad. Like, uh, if anyone's ever seen Gemini Man, you know the uh, blockbuster <laughs> movie with uh, Will Smith and uh, younger Will Smith. Yeah. It's it's definitely a lot better than Gemini Man. Like, I mean, you can definitely tell it's CGI, but I mean, like, that that's expected to an extent. So, 
I mean, like, I honestly think it wasn't too bad, the CGI overall. But also, my standards have been lowered recently, so... After I see a good movie with CGI, uh, like a movie with, like, great CGI, I'll I'll come back and give another opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. It, yeah, like, the opening scene was cool. I think the de-aging looked good. Um, the only weird thing with the de-aging, and this is always going to be a problem, is that uh, you could tell that in, that Harrison Ford still is old because of the way he talks. Like, he still mm-hmm. sounds really old. But it looked good. There's also the one time, the one time that I, when you were looking at the de-aged face, that I felt a little uncomfortable. It was the first time you see him. They, like, shine the light on him, and he says something. I forget what he says first. But, like, for, like, a split second, it looks like it's edited. Like, it looks like they took, like, the cut of his mouth and just put it onto, like, a CGI face. Like, it looks a little uncanny for, like, one second. And then the next sound, it's fine. It's, like, maybe I was looking too hard, but I was, like, looking at it, and I'm, like... This is getting weird, and then it cut, and I'm like, okay, we're good. Yeah, they definitely would have did themselves more favors by, like, trying to keep the set kind of, like, keeping it darker whenever right. they had CGIM on. Because the, the, that, that scene did take place at night for the most part. So, like, there wasn't really a necessity for him to be, like, in, like, a bright light to be able to tell the difference between the CGI and not CGI. It could have been, like, I feel like it could have been done well with just, like, maybe just a stunt double and then, like, you know, not really showing the face, just showing, like, the back of his head and things like that. Right. Um, oh, uh, I wanted to talk about one last thing. Um, an overarching thing with all the movies, but on one that I think this movie kind of fumbled with. So I mentioned before that um, in this, this movie's direction, I felt like, felt very much like a traditional action movie, less like an Indiana Jones film in terms of the way it was directed. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel that's best represented with how the action scenes were set up. Because look at all four indie films. I feel like the thing that makes an Indiana Jones action scene is the way that they build. Like, action scenes in indie films always feel like they could be really long. Like, they feel like they drag on for a while. But they go and, like, take different different locations. Like, let me, let's point to uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Because I think it's probably the, the, most, the most recent and easiest example. In that scene in the jungle, they fight in the truck, and they get out of the truck, and then they're fighting on tops of the trucks, and then they, like, jump amongst the trucks, right? Then the trucks crash, and then there's the area with the giant ants, right? And then they're dealing mm-hmm. with the ants and stuff, and they go back in the vehicles, and then they go in the river. Like, it's constantly moving and bouncing around back and forth, and that's kind of what the Indiana Jones action scene is. Like, it's always building, and there's always something coming next. Even if it's the same scene, it's still always going, you know? Um, and yeah. all the Indiana Jones films did that. The minecart scene for it was another great one. The the action scene in the desert when they when they take in the first film when they take the plane, like it always felt like the action scenes were always building and they'd go on for a while. This film felt like each action scene was would would end really. I feel like would end a little too quickly. Like I feel like they were really short, and and if they did go on for a while, it would be like the same scene. Like. The perfect example for me in this film was the chase scene in Morocco. Like, it was a good chase, it was fine, but it went on too long and it didn't change. Like, it was just the same chase for a really long time in Morocco. So, like... That is fair. I just, like, I love when they kind of play with that more. And in, in Spielberg was great for that. Spielberg knows how to direct those like the back of his hand. He's very, very good at them. Um, but I think James Mangold, he's a good director, but he's also not... He's not Spielberg in how he directs action scenes. So 
it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't quite hit the Indiana Jones vibe for me, despite it trying to. What did you think? Mm. Am, I, am I crazy? What do you think? Uh, no, I don't think you're crazy. I mean, Spielberg is a is a big standard to live up to for any director, to be honest. Oh, so, I mean, but, um, so, uh, I do agree that the scenes were actually a lot shorter now that you point that out, but, like, because whenever, like, the villains were doing things, like, it's, it's it was guns, right? So, guns, quick, one shot to the head, someone's dead, or pull out the gun, the guy's threatened, and then, therefore, the threat's neutralized. It wasn't, like... And the other movies, there were, um, like, someone would pull a gun on Indy and, like, he'd be able to, like, get the gun out of their hand and the fight scene would go on for, like, five more minutes, right? And in this one, it's kind of like, they pull a gun on him and he's like, all right, hands up. You know, like, scene ends kind of there. Which is is understandable in the sense that he's older, so, like, he can't really do the things he would have been able to before physically. But I do think that is one of the, the better things about the internet old other indiana jones films with um the like extended action scenes like the jungle scene great scene mm-hmm. and uh the chase in morocco is it's a it's a it's a solid scene it's it does have it is a very repetitive it's just like you know like it's been done in a million movies just like chasing through city streets like trying to cut people off jumping over uh jumping over an edge going down the stairs in a car mm-hmm. like things like that happen in a lot of movies and so it's like it's 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 it is hard to do a chase scene different than chase scenes are done because you know at the end of the day you got to have someone chasing someone else true but it's just the thing i yeah, like, go ahead. Go ahead. the thing i did kind of like about it is that it kind of was a a three-way chase scene, right it was like uh it's like the cat mouse and the dog right <laughs> Or or mouse, cat, and the dog. I think that's a better way to say it. Right. Because uh, Indy's chasing the guy who uh, stole the thing, and then the guy. There's another guy chasing Indy and the uh, and his goddaughter. And it's just like you know, in any other situation, these three people would not all be in the same place at once. But because of how things worked, is everyone is running from someone except for the last guy. And I I thought that part was nice about it. It just added a little differences to the the normal chase scene, but I do agree that it was kind of repetitive. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's about. You kind of said everything I wanted to say. <laughs> um, well, any last thoughts on years of experience that? together? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think it's I think it's a good movie. I would if you'd seen the other Indiana Jones movies, I would recommend watching it. Right. I, I I kind of in the same boat. I think it's worth. Or if watch. you've seen, if you've seen the first and the third one, watch it. Yeah, I also two feel and like, four. And yeah, yeah, first feel and third, like I say watch this it. This one, like, if you liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I think it's a safe bet you will like this one, because I think mm-hmm. I think this movie feels like a more refined version of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in some ways. Even though, as you will see in a moment, I think I like Crystal Skull a bit more. Um, I think in some ways this movie feels more refined than, uh, than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So if you liked Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you will probably like this one. I, that's probably my standard. I'd agree with that. So, we've talked with all the movies. Uh, I think we should dive into our quick ranking. Michael, what is your Indiana Jones ranking? What is your quintessential ranking? Okay, so, at the bottom, uh, as I'm sure everyone expected... I have uh, Raiders of the Lost. No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> Temple, 
Temple of Doom have as the worst one. I mean, granted, it might be higher if I didn't fall asleep, but it, from what I saw, because I wasn't asleep for a, a lot of the movie. I was awake for most of it, and it just didn't really keep my attention. And there was a lot going on, so Temple of Doom at the bottom, and then, so I guess that would be at number five. And then four, three, the rest of them are actually all pretty close, in my opinion. So oh, number really? four... Oh man, this is actually kind of difficult. Number four, I would probably have to say the fourth movie. Yeah. Crystal Skull. Um, Crystal Skull. Not that I didn't. Not that I disliked Crystal Skull. Like I thought, it, I thought it was fine. I just, I just didn't love it as much as you said before. It was more of a connection to the characters than it was uh to the actual artifact. So, solid movie, but it's gonna go on number four. Number three. Okay, yeah, numbers are right still. Okay, number yes. three, I'm going to go with uh, the newest movie, the fifth one, Dial The Dial of Destiny. Because, as I said, I'm a nerd. I actually kind of like the the introduction of the, the theoretical physics into it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say too much about that one because, you know, spoilers. But, yeah, that, that one's going to slot in right above Crystal Skull. And then, so at number two... Number two, this is hard because, I mean, the first movie and the third movie, a lot of people probably got those at the top, right? But yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to put a, oh my gosh, Raiders of the Lost Ark has got to go at number two. Mm-hmm. Right? And not because it's a bad movie. Like, I, I think they're all pretty good movies, except for maybe Temple of Doom. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm putting at number two because... I just I'm a person who likes backstory to characters, right? So like I like to I like to know motivations and so like when it when it comes to like media as a whole, I've 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 watched One Piece in its entirety and I've read One Piece and that is one of the most fleshed out like pieces of fiction like ever. So like I'm like I go crazy for like backstory and like seeing why things are the way they are. So like I think that's why like uh I like my number one. My number one. What's the name of the third movie? Last again? Crusade. <laughs> the Last Crusade. Yes, I I'm very bad with names, but Last Crusade I did like it the most because um, I mean it does it does everything the first one does to does just as well, and I just think it just has that added benefit of having a bit of backstory in it as well. And then yeah, very nice. That is my ranking. It's a very solid ranking. Right, on to you, sir. Yeah. So uh, my number five. Um, it's I I I, uh, I guess the best way to describe my feelings about these films before I even get into the ranking is three of them are very inconsistent, um, but more or less enjoyable indie films. It's they'll have very good moments and very bad moments, and then there are two of them that are very very good Indiana Jones films without any of that inconsistency. So it's like there's two different categories so the fifth five through three are the first category the two and one are the second um number five for me has got to be dial of destiny i the ending is kind of gross um and i just feel that makes sense even taking the ending aside it's it's just a very standard movie for me i don't think it captured and it captured indiana jones indiana jones's spirit in less of a uh and less of a way that felt like Indiana Jones and more in a way that felt like it was trying to be Indiana Jones. 
and it's not bad. It's an enjoyable film. I don't mind it. It's just very, it's very there. It's doing its thing. Good for it. Number four on my ranking is probably, is definitely Temple of Doom. We've talked about Temple of Doom, a very quirky movie, very goofy moments that are not fun and very goofy moments that are fun. And then lots of dark moments that are kind of in between. It's fine. Uh, it has its moments, but ultimately feels too much of a tonal tonal mess for me to really truly grab onto. Number three has got to be Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I'm actually kind of surprised that one's number three for me. Um, it's it is kind of aliens boring. go burr. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is kind of boring, and the alien stuff's kind of weird, but. The fact that I remember as much of this movie as I do goes gets kind of a testament to how fun some of the moments are, and it captures the spirit of Indiana Jones more authentically than I think uh, Dial of Destiny does, so I gotta give it some props for that. So, that's gotta be number three, and obviously we've got two and one here, the very obvious ones you'd imagine them to be. But I'm gonna... Which one is on yeah, top? Exactly. That's the question. I think I'm going to put for my number two, I think I'm gonna do Last Crusade. I don't mean to do it just to be different. Um, I'm not trying to just be, like, I'm not trying to be, you know, the radical, different, cool guy. But honestly, mm-hmm. like, it's very close. But I give the edge to Raiders because I feel like Raiders is a little, I feel like Raiders gives you everything you could want versus uh, versus uh, Last Crusade, which I feel is very much one thing, you know? It's kind of the goofy, fun Indiana Jones romp that you came to expect. Indiana Jones 1, I feel, gets a little bit more nuanced. You get a little bit more dark moments, but you also get some fun. I feel like it just encompasses everything Indy does just a little, like a smidge better than Raider, than Crusade does. I like them mm-hmm. both. They're both very strong. But ultimately, Raiders, I think, edges it out just for being a little bit more well-rounded, in my opinion. No, I mean, I feel like we're both pretty much in the same ballpark for everything. Honestly, yeah. I think the biggest Because I, I kind of have it split up like you, just kind of like, the three jumbled up a little bit, and then like the two that are clearly ahead of the three. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't. I there is there is no bad Indiana Jones film, which I kind of I went into this watching all of them expecting there to be a bad Indiana Jones film, but there really isn't in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. They're all very solid films, which I did not expect at all. I think they're they're very fun. But Michael, let me ask you. As a final concluding question to wrap this all up, now that you've seen all five of the films, why do you think Indiana Jones hit so hard, close to home for so many people? And why do you think it's lasted all these years? Because like, I believe the first one came out, I want to say 1981, but let me check. Raiders came out in uh, 1981, yes. So this series has been around for 40 years. So like... What has well, made this series last so long, in your opinion? Well, I think it's lasted this long because, uh, the, you know, more or less the same reason I think James Bond's lasted so long, right? Mm-hmm. So every every person, in a sense, wants to be the hero of a story, right? They wanna they wanna punch out Nazis. They wanna explore and discover lost cities. Like archaeology, not everyone's necessarily into it, but like I think the average person. Is gonna be like, oh, you found a pyramid, and like you found like an empty tomb, like a tomb or something. Like they're gonna find that cool. So it's just like they see the absolute Chad that is Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and they're just like, you know, 
like this guy's cool right and that's i think that's how james bond has survived all these years too because like people are just like you know everyone wants to be a spy like it's it just seems so cool so i think it's less the coolness factor and that people watching it when they're when they're going up and obviously the great directors that make that that have made the films they see that and then like we'll go from that and then fast forward to 20 years that you get the 2008 film and people are just like oh i love this as a kid or growing up so i'll show my kids right and then like those same people you know fast forward 15 more years or so 15 years 13 years yeah. 2008 was a long time ago but um yeah, they fast forward to that, and then like people were just like, "Oh, well, this is this nostalgic thing that I can see again," with either my kids or I am the kid who's now growing up, and I remember my mom showing me this or my dad showing me this. So I think it's combination of, you know, what made films popular back then, because like a lot of films are were just about like the main character just being as cool as possible. I feel like like look or like Rambo or something like that, like. Guy with guns shooting things. Look at Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is cool, <laughs> and he's just like you know, things were cool, and then like then things become nostalgic, and then you combine that with good writing, good directors, and then yeah, you get a successful series. Yeah, <laughs> you broke it down pretty well. Um, yeah, I agree. I also think um, one thing I want to add is that the it is a very quintessential adventure series too. Like it's got like very adventure spirit to it you know with like archaeology and jungles and mystery and gold and you know it it feels very like classically adventurous and i think whilst you know movies are always going to be changing and like what mass audience wants is always going to be different i think classic hollywood uh classic hollywood interests of like you know mystery and adventure I think will always be ingrained at least a little in the filmmaking spirit. So Indiana Jones prevailing as it is, cause uh, is kind of representative of that style of movie and how, yeah, it can, it'll die for a little while, but ultimately you can't ever keep a good, a good series down. You can't keep a good character down. And even at their lowest points, like there's still a level of fun from these movies that is consistent amongst all of them. So you want that spirit of adventure. You want that, you know, fun action romp through history. The indie is exactly what you're looking for. And it's got five perfectly serviceable movies, two of which are better than the others, but still all serviceable entries into that series, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like, also, I just randomly thought of this, but, you know, another character who's been popular more recently than James Bond and uh, Indiana Jones for just being, like, cool. Is uh, Keanu Reeves as John Wick? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just cool, right? So someone being cool can you can get a lot from that. But yeah, yeah. I just I just thought about that random thought of the day. Yeah, is <laughs> that after that moment where you talk about how he killed people? I'm like, oh, it's John Wick. He killed a lot of people too. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, you know what? What appears to a man, a cool guy with a gun, who meets a new chick every movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, Michael. This episode is almost as long as an Indiana Jones film. So that's pretty awesome. Yes, we both do have a talent of talking. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, one last thing before we head out. Michael, this is a full-length episode. In our full-length episodes, we usually have a bit of time dedicated to some recommendations. So beyond just recommending the Indiana Jones films, we like to send our viewers off with some things to go watch 
that we've been watching recently that we enjoyed watching or played or whatever uh so do you have any recommendations you want to give the audience of stuff you've been enjoying either movies tv shows video games uh books maybe some stuff you've music anything you've been enjoying recently you want to recommend uh all right well off the top of my head so i've been replaying the spider-man uh ps4 series because uh in preparation for spider-man 2 coming out in the fall you know plug for that game but you know if you if no one's ever played spider-man ps4 and you have a ps5 they do have a remastered version for the ps5 which i just got uh visually it looks great and you know if you ever played the ps4 version you know it's kind of like a refresher of everything that happened it's, it was such a great game and still is a great game and then uh movies wise uh haven't been watching anything very crazy to be honest um I've been watching uh, Breaking Bad. I'd, I'd never seen it before until like a month or two ago. So I started watching it, you know, catching up to the times, you know, because a lot of people say it's the, one of the greatest shows of all time. So, yeah, I, I'm on season three right now. I think it's pretty good. So if you haven't started it or if you want to rewatch it, I think it's a great show so far. Can't tell you how it ends yet, but I'll get there eventually. And yeah, and also an artist that I've been liking uh, a lot in music, so get the triple threat of video games, TV show, and music, is uh, Ben Staples. You oh, know, yeah. like, been kind of going through his discography, and yeah, it's definitely got some hits. And yeah, those like are my song. recommendations. I like that song Party People by him. I like that song. That song's funny. Party People? Oh, that is a pop, bro. I, I love that song. It's a very fun song, and I love that halfway through the song, it, like, stops, and he just goes, Vince, the car's on fire. I love that. Every time it plays, I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, it's, it's that back to reality. Yeah, he's, oh, and I and I love his lyrical music as well, not just, like, his hype music. Just, right. like, he's a very talented artist, that's for sure. Right. Very much appreciate that, man. Um, I will not spend too much time making too many wrecks. I will just say that uh, go see Spider-Verse 2. It kicks ass. Um, Indeed. And if you if you want to listen to some music, go listen to the Spider Verse soundtrack, baby. Yeah, both the score and the soundtrack both kick ass. Um, I second that. Yeah. Also, um, if you're looking for some, if I was just listening to this indie pop band called Always, I think they're really good. Um, I was listening to a couple of their albums. They're very very good. I know they're. Uh, if you're looking to like vibe to some indie pop that's not super exposed, like you don't hear this much on the radio at all, listen to that kind of stuff always vibes but it's always spelled with two v's instead of a w so keep that in mind but <laughs> that's all i got i won't i won't spend too much time on that thank you guys so much for listening we do really appreciate it mike uh david will be back next week for our next think stink we've already got it picked out i'm really excited for it because it's a movie that i uh i really really want to watch but i know i'm gonna hate <laughs> so i'm excited for it I really appreciate I appreciate you guys checking in. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining us. I do really appreciate you stopping by. Um, of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I think we had a very in-depth and thoughtful conversation about the Indiana Jones films, and I hope that uh, people go out there and watch them and support it while it's in theaters. It's a solid movie to go see in theaters. Um, any last thoughts you want to give out to our audience before we sign out, my, my man? Uh, well, just thanks for listening. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. I appreciate you supporting our podcast for us. Um, oh, of course. Check us out on Instagram, what's that smell underscore you thinking again for any updates when we miss an episode. 
I've been Connor, and this has been Michael, our very special guest. And thank you yet again for listening to another episode of the podcast that we entitle, What's That Smell You Thinking Again? <laughs>